0: Welcome
1: to Humanity's Moment of Choice on Voice America, a series created with global leaders from the evolutionary leaders circle. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. This special program, A New Universal Dream, is inspired by the new book by that name, by Steve Farrell, and follows on eight Humanity's Moment of Choice specials in 2022 all of which are available for your inspiration and enjoyment in the program archive at the Voice America show page where you've just joined us for this program. This is our first Voice America special for 2023, as we've been waiting for the rollout of results of a number of global organizations who gathered in Sedona, Arizona in March 2023 for an exciting event entitled Igniting the Holo Movement about which you can learn more at evolutionaryleaders.net and holomovement.net. That's H-O-L-O movement.net. One of these, the feature in this Voice America special, is inspired by the Light on Light's new book released on May 24th, A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life in Service to Humanity. The book is by Steve Farrell, who is the co-founder of Humanities Team, along with celebrated author Neil Donald Walsh, who will also be joining us. Humanities Team today is the largest nonprofit transformative education platform in the world. So There is a lot to talk about. So we'll be joined by Steve Farrell to lead off, then Neil Donald Walsh, who also has a new book appearing, God Talk. And then Peter Matisse, founder of the Conscious Business Institute and author of a new book, Plan B, and a major partner with Steve Farrell in the important global work on conscious business. And finally, by Diane Williams and the Reverend Deborah Moldau of the Source of Synergy Foundation and its project, The Evolutionary Leaders, to round us out in understanding what is emerging worldwide now with important movements for change. So let's begin the discussion directly with Steve Farrell, the author of A New Universal Dream. The full bio for Steve is at the Voice America show page, and you can find out more about Steve and his work at HumanitiesTeam.org, HumanitiesStream.org, ConsciousBusinessDeclaration.org, and by Googling Changing Humanity's Future. So let's go over now and talk to Steve Farrell. Okay, I'm here with Steve Farrell, the author of A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life in Service to Humanity, which we've just told you so much about. So, Steve, let's talk about the book and its inspiring message. So, first of all, please describe the book for us.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Kurt. Always good to be with you and and this uh, Voice of America audience Uh, So the book is, it's a 50-year true story. It is my journey from a 12-year-old to today uh, in the humanities team with all of the kinds of things that we're doing. And uh, it's an, I'll call it an unlikely story because I haven't really met anybody that has quite had this kind of thing happen. I grew up with a single mom, uh, you know, there in the 70s, lots of, divorced moms and dads. Uh, I had six siblings. So seven of us and my single mom uh, and a dog living in a, in a 1300 square foot home, you know, a smaller home. And uh, there wasn't a lot of money to pay for things. So I got my first job there at 12 and had a job steady job, including full-time work all the way through college. Now, then I was called to move out to California and uh, I didn't know anybody out in Northern California in San Francisco. Took a job in financial services, then with IBM. And Then I started a couple of companies, and those companies, uh, because I was very much in the right at the right time in the right place, uh, both just jetted to seventy-five million in revenue from from zero dollars. Two two guys used furniture, very small and expensive uh, executive suite. We didn't come from money either of us. And uh, these companies, the first one grew to 175 people, the second one to 700 and more than 750 people. We were even over in Europe, opening up in Japan, etc. So, and that brought me then into the center of wealth creation in Silicon Valley, where I was in a chapter, a business chapter with uh, Gavin Newsom. There were 60 of us in the chapter uh hamid mogadam who's who's the ceo of the largest real estate equity investment trust REIT in the world andy cunningham who was that marketing genius working alongside Steve jobs that launched apple these are just three of the 60 extraordinary women and men uh so i literally was in the center of wealth creation uh and and then I found that it wasn't this whole American dream thing was not what I thought it was going to be. And uh, there were many things that I could see. But but briefly, it was kind of a mirage because what happens when you get to when you hit the jackpot and have this level of success is at 50 million, then you'd shoot for the hundred million. And then at a hundred million, you shoot for the. Two hundred billion, And so it goes. So it's a mirage where you're you're walking toward the oasis only to have that oasis move on you again and again and again. And meanwhile, your relationship with your partner, with your kids, with your best friends, with your co-workers are challenged because you're trying to keep that jackpot going. And that means less time, less energy, less focus on key relationships. And, and there were some that were able to pull this off but I would say most I don't I would say did not and and, and this was also a time there in the mid 90s that was much like today today's world where there were, global warming was very present in the mid 90s uh there was war it wasn't Ukraine uh there were there was polarity there were all of these kinds of things going on and so I could see, that one, this wasn't the American dream I thought it was, and two, there was a world very much in need. And uh, also, at this time, I went through my own uh, awakening, where I really came to understand who we really are, that we're all emanations of the one. Uh, this unitive narrative is true, that the scientists say we're sovereign to one body is the term the scientists like to use. Uh, and and so I... Uh, I then did a U-turn and and then I and then I I moved off in a completely different direction. I sold these interests that I had in the company. I left these business associations uh because of my spiritual beliefs. I really uh ended up making all new friends and just moved in an entirely new direction. I helped then a few years after I allowed these doors to close, I helped Neil Donald Walsh to launch humanities team, which has been a pioneer in this whole. Conscious Journey Awakening Oneness thing. Uh, so, uh, and then Humanities Team is now 20 years old. And all of the things that we've done uh, with colleagues and partners all over the world, including you, Kurt, and so many others, where we're you know, helping others to awaken and, and to come into this conscious journey and deepen their conscious journey. As you know, one of the many things we do is we have a streaming platform supporting people in the conscious journey with hundreds of these best practices programs and science and spirituality and embodied practices, and et cetera. Uh, we create our own master classes. We have a one-for-one program. We're a nonprofit. So we have a one-for-one program. When people subscribe to the pro- the thing called Humanity Stream Plus to the community, we gift a free program to an underserved, underprivileged individual somewhere in the world that's also on the conscious journey and just can't afford it. Even though uh, as a nonprofit We've brought our prices down a couple hundred dollars a year. We have a monthly price that nobody gets near. Uh, the for profits don't get close to it. Again, when you're a nonprofit, you have a very different focus than a for profit. Instead of trying to get uh, that uh, propel your top line and bottom line, you know, to sell yourself, go public, etc., a nonprofit is just is focused on an objective: making conscious living pervasive worldwide by. 2040. Well, that means get your price down, then take it down again, then take it down again, then translate it, get this platform, invite the whole world to bring it into their home. Cause you have the Ken Wilbers and the Neil Donald Walshes and the Greg Bradens and Kurt, you have, you, you know, you, you have some programs that are on the humanity stream plus platform. You only have to watch two or three of these, you know, and then if you were in the mainstream unawakened, I promise you, you're, you know, this word transformation Is real. You become transformed. It's like, oh my God, I realize I'm not the person that I thought I was. I'm actually, I have everlasting life. My God, you know, I have unlimited potential. We all do, right? The Earth has a soul. Let's steward this Earth, right? Animal life and plant life. So, this book, a A new universal dream, tells that whole story. Now, I'm not a Steve Jobs, so you're not going to go buy this book because, oh, I need to, I need to know Steve Farrell's life. This book actually was written for the reader. Uh, because as a young man, twelve years old, on this incredible journey to today, wow! I, I, I mean, there were a lot of real small, smell the coffee moments of wow! Did I learn something? I mean, and and so I stop along the way and I say, whoa, boy, this was a big learning uh, exercise. You know, this is what I I got from it, and what you can too. So I do that throughout the book. The book was written for the reader to deepen the reader's own conscious journey from my own lessons learned and from the tools that I offer along the way.
1: All right. That's really great. Now, given that you've really challenged in the book so many conventional norms, what would you
2: say today is your definition of success? So that's a good question, Kurt. And, and you know, this in this book I share, uh, I thought it was creating an incredible company that would, you know, do beneficial things. We adopted the South San Francisco high school, didn't have resources. Uh, We did, we participated in lots of nonprofits. We were a benevolent growing entity there in Silicon Valley, where we were attracting the best and brightest and keeping them. And I thought that surely has to be success. But then again, where in today's world, where we grew up, I grew up in classrooms, Uh, believing that I was just lucky sperm, you know, with my mom's egg, boom, I hit the lottery. I get to live one life, bam, and then I go to dust and bones and it's over. Uh, That was what I was taught. Uh, And then through my awakening experience, and again, boy, I I hope listeners are paying attention to the science, the Nobel Prize here for physics, October 2022 here, so very recently, where you had three scientists, physicists winning the Nobel Prize in physics for entanglement. Entanglement means means you've got two things on different sides of the universe affecting each other, and there's no physical connection whatsoever. It's a property of oneness, of of unity. It's saying, you know, it's not, (laughs) the world doesn't work the way we think it does. Uh, There are many other examples of this that I don't have time to get into. So, um, So what I realized then is that, Uh, Success is more than just playing the game in a benevolent way. Success is, one, awakening, awakening to who we really are, and then helping others to awaken to who they really are, one. Two, it's then what we naturally do when we awaken, when we see that we're a part of the one, we move the fence post out. It's not just me and my wife, my dog, and my two kids. It's, my God, you know, the planet Earth is part of me. Kurt, you are part of me. Every listener here right now is a part of me. We are all a part of the one. Well, you know, that means then we steward the planet. We can't start wars. We don't get into polarity kinds of things. You can go right down the list. All of the maladies in the world. And it's a microcosm, macrocosm thing. As we start healing and and being good stewards of the world around us, the world starts healing and becoming reflections of that. So this, my success went, definition went from me, and just doing kind of benevolent things to we, where I'm really understanding who I am and where it's my larger self with a capital S where now I'm in service to the world around me. Uh, and and uh, so, and this is where, by the way, you know, the real deliciousness of life, the real treasure, the real gold, you know, it's fool's gold there in Silicon Valley is what I would call it. Uh, but I did find the real gold. The real gold is this conscious journey. It's the unitive narrative, it's oneness. It's unity. it's where we really understand who we are on this everlasting journey of life where we uh, can we have the opportunity now this this the shift of the ages that's going on right now where we can participate in that shift in meaningful ways uh that is uh, real success.
1: Yeah now given that and also all the new values that you point to in the book, what do you uh, say that it means as you often say that sometimes we're really stuck, in the wrong kind of treasure.
2: So that is a function of, again, what I saw in Silicon Valley and as I reflect and look out on New York City and Silicon Valley and and candidly, uh, the the powerful, rich and famous worldwide. What, What happens is there's a great deal of, first of all, competition often to get there. You know, just blinding kind of competition that is, that just sucks the good energy out of you as you're as you're competing against who? Your yourself, right? Because because that's what if we're scientists are saying, you know, you're sovereign to one body. Now, Sam Harriman, the Resonance Science Foundation, you're sovereign to the one body. So why are we beating the crap out of some part of ourselves to, to grow? It just it doesn't make, you know, it's it doesn't make any sense. Two, is that this adulation that comes at you. Okay, so imagine, you know, everybody has their sports stars, their entertainment stars, movie stars, and things. There's unbelievable adulation that's coming at you. Even me, in my role, when I was, when I hit that jackpot, you know, with my $75 million companies, people in my cul-de-sac and people that I'd run into always wanted me to complete their sentence. It's like they were giving their power away. Oh, he, you know, he started these kind, and he did. And and so, Steve, what do you think? You know, people just, this adulation that's just coming at you. Uh, again, over and over. And it's hard, it's very hard in the midst of these kinds of things to really stay in this place of resonance, like even right now with nature, which I can see out my window and the practices that I have of prayer and meditation and walking through nature, where I can stay in this place of connection of this larger one, of the self with a capital S, where I'm more in drift diving, I'm in flow, you know, with where I'm living consciously it's very very hard to live this way with the blinding competition and the adulation that comes at you it's not that it can't be done look at Patagonia it can be done uh look at the Dalai Lama Uh, it can be done so these are just two examples I could give you more Mandela and his lifetime you know uh we could go on Gandhi of course so it can be done but it's very very hard and so where we hit the jackpot uh it it actually, it, the irony is is it actually creates a bit of a prison for us because it's very hard then to ever uh, escape the fool's gold for the true gold.
1: Yeah, great. Now, so really to kind of sum up now in this context of a new universal dream, Steve, what would you say is what you've learned from pursuing the American dream and now realizing this direction toward the universal dream?
2: Uh so let me, there's so many things I could share here, but let me share, start with this. We, as I mentioned, Humanities Team has the, a streaming platform. I work with some of the best mediums that lift the veil in the world. I work with some of the best near-death experience people in the world. And there's a common theme coming back over and over and over again from these. They describe the same thing, this, this perfect light, this perfect love which is this non-physical realm that we go to at the end of our life. They also share the stepped process as we go through this, as we transition at the end of our life. And part of that process is something called a life review. They all share the same thing in the life review. It's not like a recording in the life review, where we're just watching some kind of recording. It's actually the felt real life, almost like you're back in the life again, the real life experience. And what's happening is like, for example, right now with me and you, Kurt, where I would be feeling your hearing your thoughts and your feelings about me as we're together. And so these significant times in my life where there are people around me, their thoughts about me, their feelings about me, uh, throughout my life. And the objective then at the end is uh the uh the one, which we call the divine and humanities team, says, Well, would you like to? Just live your life in that same way, you know, the next time you embody, or are there things maybe that you learned from this that might point you in a in a different direction? There are no cars, vacations, homes, Maseratis, uh, there, there are no bank accounts. None of that is in the life review. None of that. Presumably, that means these things didn't count because we're only looking then at presumably what counted and what's now gonna guide us on our next journey. If that's true then we can kind of come back to now and say is, is my ladder leaning against the right wall if this is all that counts you know am i paying attention to that am i being my best and highest self uh, am i am i being loving and compassionate and listening and telling the truth and and these things uh, am i in service just giving in the ways that i can uh so that's this whole conscious journey thing uh that then there's actually so much uh, incredible treasure in it. A lot of people mistake this when what I've just said for oh well I guess I'm gonna have to give up my bank account, I'm gonna have to be just sacrifice sacrifice you know I'm gonna I'm gonna just be walking around in a loincloth or something like it doesn't work that way. okay so there's another another piece to this is what is said in the Bible and sacred test text that when we give unto the kingdom, that all things then are given unto us. And this is what I found to be true. Where we're operating is that larger self and the we with the self with a capital S. And it's a pure objective, which Kurt, by the way, you do so beautifully. Uh, you're such a wonderful example that you won a, a fantastic award from the evolutionary leaders last year for this. When we, So you know what I'm talking about. When we live this way, this treasure comes back to us. People really love us for who we are, even financial treasure. I've been guided in the way I don't haven't had a salary now for 25 years since I left Silicon Valley, but I've been guided with the abundance that I created back then and how I invest it to uh, support my family and even the humanities team as we've given to humanities team over the years. So uh, I've just had incredible and resources and people and I mean, on and on, it's just that this true treasure, this deliciousness and living, this real gold, uh, all of these things come back to you on this journey, as we're doing just this work that, that our heart wants to do anyway, where we're really no, no longer paying attention to the world noise, what our friends and co-workers and parents are saying, go do this. Instead, we're following that still small voice within that that's our guide. That's our guide on this journey. And that's really where divine where the one is hosted is there in that uh, still small voice and uh you know it's funny because in today's world with electric cars everybody says oh you know autonomous driving and that's coming in the next three or four years well guess what autonomous living is here now so where we follow that still small voice i know you do this you do it so well yourself Kurt. where we pay attention to that is we let that worldly noise you know no i'm sorry but it doesn't know what it is saying or doing and it's up and down and all around and roller coaster-y. No, I'm not going to pay attention to that. Or we pay attention to that still small voice, allow ourselves to be guided that way. Wow, then we really live the life that we want to live. So that is the what I learned from uh setting out on the American dream journey, uh, and then coming into this this new destination where the book is called A New Universal Dream. And that the new universal dream is that we all dream a new dream. That we're, it's it's time for our species to mature, awaken and mature. Uh, and and that might sound heavy, but 10 years ago, if you said there are UFOs and I've seen one and so on, people would say, oh, you know, come on, you need to, today, people would say, people would believe it, right? I mean, there's too many instances of UFOs. We understand. Also, James Webb Telescope. I mean, seriously, we think we'd be the only planet here, right, with uh, with with human kind of uh, beings on the planet, you know. So, I mean, now let's just be mature and and say what is so. This is just one example. There are other, many other things going on here where we can be learn to raise our vibration, uh, and and then we can learn to uh, psychic abilities. So we can lift the veil ourselves, be in touch with loved ones, angels, and guides. Uh, we can be a healer. There are many practices, Reiki among them. Uh, where we can actually heal others. So uh it's let's let's just mature, you know, and start, step into what scientists are saying is so we are one. So we have we are we have everlasting lives, we have unlimited potential. Let's 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 step into adolescence here and then create this whole, first of all, live a delicious life. And secondly, where we hold hands and connect hearts with others all around the world, we can create this whole uh this whole sustainable and flourishing world that we've all dreamed about and that we want to leave to our kids.
1: Yeah, Steve, well, so inspiring. Wow. Thanks so much, Steve Farrell, for sharing the heart of your inspiring new book, A New Universal Dream. And as we said in our publisher's message in the book, we consider this to be a prototypical autobiography for our time, focusing not only on personal transformation, but also on collective transformation, a roadmap for making a difference in the world and a guidebook for changing the future of humanity. So thanks Steve for sharing this first segment with us here on Voice America. And we look forward now to greeting your upcoming guests on the show and discussing with them as well, a new universal dream. So we're gonna be back for that in just a moment after this message, about another book that your message has been a part of, the Evolutionary Leaders multi-award winning book, Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions, and Hope for the Future. So this short message from its publisher, Beyond Words, Simon & Schuster.
0: Hello. This is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore.
1: Welcome back to the Convergence on Voice America and this series, Humanity's Moment of Choice. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. Our first guest to discuss a new universal dream with Steve is Neil Donald Walsh, the renowned author of the Conversations with God books that have been multiple New York Times bestsellers. And Neil is also the co-founder with Steve of Humanity's Team. Their shared story of the founding and work of Humanity's Team being a core part of the story in Steve's new book, A New Universal Dream. The full bio for Neil Donald Walsh is at the Voice America show page. So let's go over now to Steve Farrell and Neil Donald Walsh. Okay, I'm here with Steve Farrell and Neil Donald Walsh, and they're going to be discussing the New Universal Dream. So Steve, why don't I pass the baton
2: over to you? Okay, thank you, Kurt. Uh, So, Neil, uh, as you know, you wrote the foreword for my book, A New Universal Dream, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, Let's talk about the the New Universal Dream, because to a great extent, it comes straight from your Conversations with God series. The dream, of course, is to elevate consciousness here on the earth so that we live into our oneness with each other, the planet, and join with other mature beings in the universe. Do you want to Talk about this briefly, and then and then I'll come in and follow you.
3: I think that the most important message uh, in the Conversations with God books, and then, of course, in this one wonderful book that you have produced, The Universal Dream, the most important message, really, not to be overly repetitive or redundant, but the important message is that we are all one. And so the universal consciousness, that new consciousness that we're hoping for, is a consciousness that accepts and embraces the notion. And I don't mean just simply embracing the notion, Steve, you know, conceptually or in our mind as a a thought, but I mean really as an action that we take or undertake actions in our life that demonstrate, not simply that think, but that actually feel the oneness uh, of everything. And so the way we interact with other people, of course, the way we interact with, uh, you know, plants and flowers and seeds, animals and pets and so forth, the way we interact even with apparently inanimate objects that are not really inanimate, but appear to be in the illusion of the realm of the physical. The way we interact, frankly, with all of life comes from and springs from our understanding That we are all one and that what I do for you and do for it, I do for myself. And what it would that which I fail to do for you and fail to do for whatever other object I'm talking about, I fail to do for myself as well. And when I begin to understand how that looks in real life, Steve, when I see, okay, it's a very nice concept, but how does that how does that function? How that functions is that I would never say or seek to never say a thing to another person, that I wouldn't want to hear that person saying back to me. That I wouldn't do anything in an interaction with another person, that I wouldn't want to experience that person doing with or to me. And so that I really see the other person as uh, another me, as an outgrowth of me or an extension of me. You know, there was a guy, Steve, walking around the planet about 2,000 years ago, who made this really very simple. He just made a simple statement, do unto others as you would have it done unto you. And that's really at the basis of the idea that we are all one. Now, the one thing that most people um, are not really looking as, close, as closely at as I wish they would is not only that we are all one with each other, but when I receive the statement, we are all one in the Conversations with God dialogue, I was given the chance to understand that we're also talking about our relationship with the divine, that we are all one includes not only everything in the physical world, but everything in the non-physical world as well, including in the spiritual world, where we have an awareness that that which we call God resides, so that we are one with God as well as one with each other. When we bring that into our thinking it really 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 can change the way we interact with, with life itself Steve not just with you know with other people but with really all of life so I do want to make that statement that we are one with everything and everyone even as a wave is simply a singular expression of the ocean the wave is not the ocean No one would suggest that the wave is the totality of the ocean, but the wave is an individual arising of the ocean, not something other than the ocean. And when that arising, when that individual expression is complete, the wave recedes back into the ocean whence it came to arise and express individually again on another day. Now, if we could imagine a world in which all the individuals, all the political leaders, all of the industrial leaders, all of the people who hold positions of influence and power in our society, if all of us held onto, expressed, and stepped into the understanding that we are all one. Steve, I hate to be simplistic here, but the world would change, he said, snapping his fingers, overnight, the world would change overnight.
2: Yeah, beautiful and and true, and and of course, what I share in the book is is this is what happened to me in the nineteen nineties. As I as I read Conversations with God, Book One, and then these other books, the other books in the nine book series that came out, uh, it it brought me to that moment, that one evening where I sat with with these two truths: one that I was principally the son of Linda and Joe, or I was principally offspring of the divine delivered by Linda and Joe. And when I made the, that, uh, uh, that decision, the second decision, my whole life, just as you mentioned, it changed completely. And of course, it wasn't that many years before I left the business world altogether. And then we started Launched Humanities Team there in uh, 2003, June 2003, almost exactly 20 years ago. One thing I want to bring in here um, people, maybe listeners, are all familiar with oneness and just accept what we're sharing uh, because this goes back to Plato and Hippocrates in 450 BCE. 2,500 years is a long time. Maybe it's finally time to live into it. But as we know, scientists as well now are affirming that we are all one. They will use their science language. Uh, but it they're saying exactly the same thing. Uh Nassim Harriman says we are sovereign to one body. And then he says, So you ought to stand tall, you should walk with good posture, you should feel powerful. You are in fact offspring of the universe. The universe is inseparable from you, which is exactly the same thing you share in your conversations <clears throat> with God books as you speak about this spiritually. So uh it it uh it's life-defining for us individually, and, and as you mentioned, the whole world changes. It's life-defining for us collectively where we really live into this truth and, and understand this is ultimate reality we're talking about. We're not talking about creating a new ultimate reality. We're saying that we've been living in this, what Einstein called, optical delusion forever, and it's time we abandon that and live into, into uh, the the true ultimate reality, oneness. There's no separation from God from each other or from life. So,
3: and what I what I love about your book, Steve, and what people will find in your book of great value is to how to move from talking about it and understanding it conceptually to applying it. Your book describes in wonderful detail. Uh, even in kind of exciting detail, because it's an exciting book. Uh, you know, It's a story of a person who's out there living life, you know, doing stuff, owning a company, frankly earning, if you don't mind my saying so, a substantial amount of money you know, for the company and so forth. And then one day waking up and saying, wait a minute, wait, now wait, now wait a minute, there's more going on here than meets the eye. And so your book explains not only what we're talking about in oneness, but how an average everyday human being can apply that and the kinds of changes they'll see in their life and what they can do to implement those ideas on a daily basis that's what makes your book so valuable it's not just a, a narrative summary of great spiritual teachings it's a it's a story a story of a person who lived through the awareness of this and discovered what it takes to move into the living of such an extraordinary teaching. So thank you for your transparency, for your willing willingness to lose your privacy at some level, to tell your story so that we can all get it at the ground level.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for that, Neil. And, and as you know, you've played a huge role with this book coming in and helping with it uh, from beginning to end. And thank you for that. One of the things we decided to do, of course, here in with this book is to just stop along the way and during this 50-year journey and to say, oops, you know, didn't quite get this right. This is what I learned uh, from this experience and what you can too. So, in many ways, this book actually was written more for, for the reader uh, because the conscious journey, especially during certain parts, including the beginning where we come out to family and co-workers and friends and say, you know, we are all one. We're all one with God, each other, and all of life. Today, actually, that's not such a uh, uh, a hard thing to share. Uh, it was 20 years ago when we started Humanities Team. But uh, So there are these arduous moments on the path, and we uh, I speak to them in the hopes that there might be a lesson learned, a tool, uh, something that might be of assistance to people that are on this conscious journey. So, Neil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue over now to this other uh, uh, huge initiative. I talk about this in the book at length, uh, and it's this uh, initiative called Changing Humanity's Future, and of course, you and Humanity's team, the Conversations with God Foundation, many friends, uh, Kurt, uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith, I could go on. There's so many that have come in to join with us here, but uh, let's I'll share a little bit about the Changing Humanity's Future initiative that I discuss in the book, why we uh, launched it and what we hope to do with it.
3: Well, uh, I know why I'm happy that Humanities team launched it. It's because it's very clear that while one person could in fact affect the world in an extraordinary way that begins to shift our consciousness, if two people did it, now we're really talking about something. If four people did it, now we're with a capital R really talking about something. And if 400 people did it, to say nothing of 4,000. Now we are approaching what we call in social terms, critical mass. And that's what the undertaking is. The undertaking of humanity's team with this initiative is to change an idea into an opportunity for advancement for the entire species, by simply multiplying the number of people who choose to not only step into the living of this idea, into the sharing of it in every way by modeling it by demonstrating it by speaking of it and by talking to others about it now it takes an idea hero to do that you know steve it's not every person who's willing to step into that kind of a role you have to raise your head and say i will be an idea hero that is, and an idea hero is somebody who puts an idea out there who she knows or he knows ahead of time that some people will not either get, they'll not understand, or they may flat out disagree with it. But we put the idea out there anyway. Galileo was such an idea hero when he said, hey, you know what? I I, I really believe that the earth revolves around the sun. And at the time, they condemned him because the understanding was the sun revolves around the earth. Without getting into the theology of all that, what I know is that Galileo said, no, actually, the earth revolves around the sun. So they put the man under house arrest for the rest of his life, but he would not stand down from his idea. He was a real idea hero. And I bring the idea up of that heroism because you know all of us have the chance now to step into it to say, this is what we believe. we are all one with each other, with every other aspect of life, the trees, the garden outside, you know, <laughs> the grass, I mean really, truly, the universe, we're one with everything and to repeat, we are one with God. And there will be some people who will say, oh, what are you on? What are you smoking? What are you taking? What's go what's going on with you? But well, we get to say, folks, friends, loved ones, if we stepped into this idea and the living of it, we would change the world and end the world's suffering virtually overnight. Steve, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but right now, six hundred and fifty-three children are dying on this planet every hour of starvation. Of starvation while we throw away enough food in the restaurants of los angeles paris and and and, and you know and, and tokyo to feed an entire village of desperate people for a week so how how can we be a civilization that allows 600 of our children to die of starvation of all things every hour on this planet these and other challenges and other problems are things we can solve. If we simply decide, you know what, I am you, and you are a part of me. And we are together in the experience called life Live. That's what this initiative is about. And that's why I'm happy that Humanities team has launched this initiative, because it's about applying the multiplier effect. Let's multiply the number of people who agree and who agree to share this idea by modeling it and by talking of it with everyone whose life
2: they touched. Beautiful. Thank you, Neil. So I'll just add to that. Humanities team, for people that don't know, we're a a 501c3 nonprofit. So we don't have a focus on top-line growth or bottom-line growth or shareholders our whole focus is actually to make what we're calling conscious living, living in oneness or unity consciousness or the new spirituality. There are many different terms we could use here. They all are talking about the same thing where we're living into ultimate reality as uh, that we're discussing here. Uh, because when we do live into uh, live, live consciously live into oneness, etc., uh, then we're a force for good. This whole, uh, connection equals responsibility equals positive action. Thing kicks in. It's what mature people do. We see our connection. We become responsible. We uh, we we uh, come into positive action. And when we do that all together, even a small percentage—four, five, six, seven percent—you know this whole tipping point thing—and then boom, uh, we we tip. And this initiative says that we make conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040 okay, 17 years from now. And and the other thing I just want to come in with here is the context of this. As we know, in today's world, many of the people that I talk to, probably that we all talk to, uh, are experiencing some anxiety, some even depression. Uh, many that would say they feel disempowered right now. And this is our moment where this great shift of the ages, this pivot uh, is occurring, and we're well into it. And so we need everybody on deck. So I'm sure anybody that's listening now uh, is, is listening for a reason. You were brought here. You are probably one of those that is to where we're taking our awareness, our understanding of oneness, of unity, consciousness, of conscious living, and we say it's true. So it was, What what value is there in understanding something that we don't live into? So the whole idea here is we live into it, we embody it, we express it. And what we noticed when we when we launched this initiative, and it was part of our reason for launching it, is we've, we're in many conversations, I'm guessing you too, listeners, where there's this uh, spiral down kind of conversation going on of, oh, my gosh, you know, now, you know, there's the smoke here in Boulder is now four years old. It's coming in from the West, this global uh warming thing seems to be getting worse. We lost a thousand homes in Boulder and this war over in the Ukraine could turn into World War III and it keeps going. You, you, I'm sure in these conversations, you know what this narrative is. Uh, And often there's nobody standing up that's saying, yes, I know, I'm clear on these things that are going on, but look at how far into this conscious living thing we are and where it takes us, creating a sustainable and flourishing planet for humankind and the whole planet, for gosh sakes, Uh, So that's what we're inviting. Neil was bringing this in. We're inviting you to to, uh, connect with this, to own this initiative, to embody this initiative, to be the voice for it, to be the expression for it. Uh, And you can learn more about uh, the initiative at uh, changinghumanitiesfuture.org, changinghumanitiesfuture.org. Then my book, just to bring this in, uh, A New Universal Dream, you can learn more about the book and the masterclass that humanities team is giving away with it. It's my Conscious Leadership Masterclass at anewuniversaldream.com. And uh, Neil, thank you so much for uh, being part of this Voice of America broadcast. We really appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. It's
2: lovely to be here. Thank you for asking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both, Steve and Neil. Well, with that fascinating background from Steve Farrell and Neil Donald Walsh, Let's move now to Steve talking with Peter Matisse, founder of the Conscious Business Institute, author of a forthcoming book, Plan B, and a partner with Steve and with the Conscious Business Synergy Circle of the evolutionary leaders of so many initiatives and events, including the Conscious Business Declaration, the online Conscious Business Summit, the Conscious Business Magazine publication. And several specials here with us on Voice America, which have included Paul Pullman, the founder of Unilever, Ronaldo Brudico and Deepak Chopra from Just Capital, and so many others. You can find these programs in the Convergence Archive at the Voice America show page where you just joined us for this program. So take a look and enjoy those past broadcasts as well. So let's go over now to Steve Farrell and Peter Matisse. Okay, I'm here with Steve Farrell and Peter Matisse, and Peter's going to be discussing A New Universal Dream with Steve. So, Peter, I'll pass the baton over to you.
4: Yeah, thanks so much, Kurt and Steve. Wonderful to spend a little bit of time with you. Um, You've just recently published your book, A New Universal Dream, which I had a chance to read, and it's both powerful and deeply touching. Uh, it's your personal story that gets in there, and it obviously gets also in, into much of the success that you've created in your life in a very different way than the traditional people might believe here. Um, my first question is why did you dedicate your time to writing this book, and why now?
2: Yeah, thank you, Peter. And it's really good to be here with you. And uh, thank you also, Kurt. Uh, you know, I was called really to uh, to this journey that is the book story, this 50-year journey from my age 20, age 12, where I was living with a, my single divorced mom, my sixth sibling, to then this really amazing journey that took me to the center of wealth creation there in Silicon Valley. And then where I was called to this whole conscious journey that I've been on now for uh, 20-something years, uh, why now? I, uh, you know, again, I was i was actually called to write the book. I never especially wanted to, to write a book, especially a 50-year memoir. <laughs> it's quite challenging, actually. And as you know, what I did with this book, uh, and really the reason for the book, was to lay out for the reader what my journey was and all of the just uh, incredible challenges, especially there during certain parts of the journey. Uh, and then what uh, what what I learned as I was going through these uh, these things in my life, and and the objective was uh, of course the world is becoming more and more conscious. We're going to even talk about conscious business, and and the path, uh, especially during certain parts of this journey, is quite arduous. There you know there there are parts of the path, for example, in the book where I share where I was leaving uh, the Silicon Valley seven figure a year life and people think you've lost your mind they because uh you know at least at that time in silicon valley money was the altar and and it was very challenging even my family was wondering you know was i was i throwing my life away was i jumping off a cliff here so i my my hope in this book is by telling the story of how i uh, persevered through these things and then came into the real fruit you know, the real deliciousness of life through conscious living that maybe it might, um, it might help might provide tools for people might be offer some inspiration. Uh, And this whole deliciousness in life, which I know we're going to get to as we talk about conscious business. That's the uh, I mean, that I think that's why we're here. And the more we can all sit at the table and enjoy the deliciousness of life together, the better.
4: Hooray. Yeah, so let's let's speak a little bit about conscious business because you you've got both experience the traditional way of doing business and the more conscious way of doing business. Uh, although I believe you've always approached it in a more conscious way, um, why would you want to build a conscious business? What are the benefits from your experience having seen both worlds?
2: Well, first, let me say for us personally, as we really come to uh, come to live into the fullness of life where where we pay attention to the science even you know this is might be a business crowd listening in so but uh, uh science is affirming that actually it is an energetic universe it's a super organism a vibrational universe the uh uh nobel uh prize for physics october of last year was for entanglement three physicists and uh, where you look up the definition of entanglement is that you've got on two sides of the universe, you've got things affecting each other with no physical connection. It's one of the properties of, of a unity consciousness or oneness or the new spirituality uh, that says that we're all, you know, 8 billion faces of of the one here on planet Earth. So we're, where we start living into that, uh, this notion that we, the Rumi quote, right, that we're not just the drop in the ocean, we're the whole ocean in, in a drop, with what that means, everlasting life, unlimited potential, where we understand we're spiritual beings inhabiting a physical body, that's game-changing. the That's a completely different world, even right now, as we're talking, you know, as we're looking out, and I have nature here out my window, this is a different world than the world I would look at before becoming conscious. Now it's a world of, it's sacred. Every Everything is going through uh, this cycle here on Earth, where we're physicalized, and we're here to, be our highest and best self. Uh, it's an entirely different way of living. Uh, and where we uh, now go from the self that's the small S to the self that's the capital S, which is what conscious living is, where, where uh, this whole Einstein thing, you know, the optical delusion is cleared away. We see we're actually a part of the one. We move the fence posts out from just our family to the entirety of the earth and, and humankind. Uh, and that means that we're now a more loving person, a more truthful person, a more in-service person. As we as we move in this direction, it's life-changing. And now where we bring that to business, and this is a whole different thing, and it's another thing that I get into at, in, in depth in the book, uh, because creating that conscious business and recruiting people into the conscious business and creating a conscious culture and maintaining that through thick and thin, especially through thin, uh, this can be quite challenging but uh, the rewards are substantial just on a personal level and then on a collect uh, on a on a business level where we say, well how did the business do this was the shocking thing for me. I tell the story in the book of how I threw out my day planner I'm, and I'm not recommending that to people here but for me I just was too task oriented with my day planner I had to throw it out and you get more kind of heart to heart in talking to people and when I did that, uh, I was afraid I was going to crash my business, which might sound funny, but it was a real fear for me when I did it. <laughs> and what happened was just the opposite. We would end up hyperbolic growth, and of course, that's going to happen if you're more, if you're listening better, hearing better, uh, more compassionate, more loving. Even you know, uh, of course, that's going to happen. That's what pe- people want to be around people like that. And if you can build a culture like that. Uh, Your business is going to thrive. So conscious business, uh, to me, the old style business is like you go to South America and they're selling commodity products. Everybody's selling the same thing and they don't sell very well. That's that's the old style business. You bring in conscious business where you create a culture such as what we're talking about. And uh, boy, it's not like selling commodity products at all. There aren't enough of these out in the world today. And it's unbelievable the level of success you can come into.
4: Yeah, so there's something that we can't even grasp before we actually try it out, right? <laughs> right. So especially, especially if you set up a business, if you start new, and if you would like to launch a conscious business, what are the things that you can pay up, pay attention to in the setup so it works out? Because as you say, there's this fallback where we fall back into the doing mode, and we might have to face our own fears. So how can we create an organization that's up in the proper, set up in a proper way to be a conscious business?
2: Yeah, well, first let me say, of course, you run the Conscious Business Institute, Peter, and uh, and you've set up, you 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 have created that yourself, and of course, you train uh, companies all over the world in that. Uh, so you're expert in this yourself. But uh, so really, uh, there there are many things, but I'll just it starts with just educating ourselves, becoming conscious ourselves. Uh, we won't draw conscious people to us if we're not if we're not conscious ourselves, and that doesn't mean. there's some destination we've all reached this is a journey i'm today i'm still deepening into this conscious journey myself we all are so but education is how we really uh deepen our our own our, our own conscious self so and then uh the second step is embodying and expressing what it is that we've been educated on where we don't do that we don't experience the fruit of what we've learned we're not really we're just kind of talking about being conscious without really embodying and expressing that the real fruit is in in this. And then uh, after we do these things ourselves, then we need to recruit in people that are both. And one of the mistakes I made, which I talk about in the book is uh, in both in the for-profit world and then in humanities team in those earlier years, we were uh, he- talking to people and hearing that they had been well-educated on what conscious business, conscious living is But didn't pay attention enough to the embody and express part. And uh, people can have very sharp elbows, you know, and not really be. We become more thoughtful. We're more compassionate. We're more listening. We're more, I'll call it even in loving service, you know. Uh, These are the key, these are the attributes as we embody and express. And there were many people that more understood it and could talk it, but that weren't necessarily living it. And that becomes a real challenge then for the whole culture inside the organization. It's like if there's even one rock in a tire and it gets going, boy, you can really hear that, you know, as you're rolling down the highway.
4: Yeah, it's the famous drop of coffee in a, in a glass of water, right? <laughs> right. Um, so you're speaking about recruiting. I'm really curious about how do you recruit people uh, that say they're conscious, but you might find out two months later or three months later that it hasn't really been embodied is there a way to recruit them and find out from the get-go?
2: Yeah, you know the ent- I, and again I've made so many mistakes here, which I do share during the book. Uh, a boy in Silicon Valley, I made so many mistakes, and then also in humanities team for a good number of years. And and you know the simplicity of it is now is honestly they're just a su- they're sweeter people. <laughs> you know if I had they're just sweeter people. That there there's a certain thoughtfulness. You know they're 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 nature if you wanted to call it their beingness you know they're they're just mm-hmm. thoughtful they listen better we're never talking over each other uh you know when any of us the three of us go to dinner it's like that so uh it's really it's really uh feeling the peop- a person's energy and uh that that is as we really embody what this is uh i find it's it's uh, like an alchemical thing you know the the christians call their this thing Being born again in some ways it almost is like that in the in the sense that uh you know i don't want to speak for all of us but if i if i look at my life now and compare it back to you know earlier years it's it is it is a very you know it's like an alchemical thing in some ways i'm a different very different person
4: yeah so having been brought up with a certain belief what what made this consciousness really stick for you was there Moments that you recall where it sunk into your into your beingness.
2: Well, first let me say um, that I think, and I don't even think I've ever said this before, but I think I uh, I think that in the especially in the U.S., there's uh, the alpha male is more celebrated, and I think I was hiding, you know, for a long, long time, the softer side of me because I just didn't it, I didn't feel like as a male it was going to be uh you know that's socially acceptable i think i i think i probably hid parts of myself uh just because it's not you know wasn't wasn't popular to be like that so it was a matter of just not hiding it uh and just being allowing myself to be who i am uh and then a second thing is uh uh as i you know, as I really understand what life is about now, where you know we, we we're beings going back and forth between the non-physical and physical realms, and this whole life review process where we uh, look at basically through other people's eyes how loving were we at the end of our life? No bank account, no no automobile, no vacations, no no material clothes, nothing except for how basically how how basically how loving were we? So as I got in touch with that. Which, which, which is really all that life is about, I think, uh, then I said, well, let me, you know, I don't want to go through 10 lives to learn this, you know, <laughs> let me just do, I'm going to jump in the deep end and live this as well as I can right now, you know, do it do it right now in this life. Uh, and the, the, this is, you know, I use this term deliciousness in life. I'm not just throwing around a marketing term or trying to spend some story here. It really is true. Uh, and as we know, because I know talking to you all and with your own loved ones and friends, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a beautiful thing. We're we're in your home. What that's like visiting. You know, of course, you and I, uh, Peter, and uh, recently at the Holo Movement uh, launch, spending quality time. Uh, you know, it's it's just a really beautiful thing. And uh, so once you we journey into this, uh, I don't think you turn around, you can turn around and go back out. There wouldn't be any reason to do that. And then also creating businesses like this, or in my case, Humanity's team, a nonprofit, where it's reach and impact. And uh, wow, I mean, what a beautiful thing where we get this education out to people all over the world that benefit from it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. As I say, there's no undo button for consciousness, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So maybe um, I'm curious about Humanity's team because it's become one of the most uh, foremost players in in this conscious evolution field. It's a really, really amazing organization that you've built. You've taken a great risk. And I believe in 2003, when, when you kicked it off, um, what, what were some moments that you would want to share on this 20-year-old journey in building this organization, 20-year-long journey?
2: Well, that uh, planning session in 2003, there at Neil's home in uh, Ashland, Oregon, there were about 20 of us. And Neil shared uh, which coming from the conversations with God books, there now are nine as this whole cosmology is what it's called is closed out and with the ninth book. Um, of course, the 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 series is about this, you know benevolent, not malevolent um, deity or God or divine that is is really pure love. It's a very different um, God than I grew up in with from the Catholic Church, where I was an altar boy in my younger years um And uh, Neil shared, and this is not going to sound like it's uh, scarier at, at all, but it was in 2003, where Neil said, "This is going to humanity's team. What we're called to do here is to go upstream to the very first uh, problem, if you will, that has caused so much dysfunction on the planet, and it's this separation. Again, I mentioned Albert Einstein. You know, in his quote that we've got, we live in an optical delusion. It's a prison for us, and." So even then, there was a, an awareness, you know, that this is the real problem. So, and Neil said, "This is this is what humanity's team is going to be. We are going to going to not proselytize this, but just talk about live. You know, create programs that support the notion that we're we're all one, and uh, that we can create a a whole new way of living together. You know, where where we understand and live into this oneness." And and it was a scary thing, honestly. Uh, he the session opened on a Saturday. A bunch of people didn't come back Sunday um, and I could understand why because by that point, I'd lost actually most of my friends and business associates because I was already well down uh, the path of telling. I'd left business already, you know, and said for spiritual reasons and things. But but I knew that uh, my my number of friends would would skinny down even more when I said this is what I'm going to do, you know. Uh, but I I was called to it. I knew I was supposed to, this was what I was to do. And uh, so I, I was the one actually at the 20 that then with Neil launched humanities team there in June, 2003, Wilsonville, Oregon, uh, and off we went. And it was, it was very, you were with us, Peter, in those early days, you were the international humanities team. I was the domestic in the very early days. Um, of course, you had a very successful career there in Europe. So we knew each other back then. Uh, and it was just—it was a tough time there. You know, it was years really before we could come together and uh, and really share, come into a shared vision and, and processes for working together that would work well.
4: Yeah, that's it's um, a good point. Maybe to round this off, here is um, whether we're an individual on this journey. You're saying that you've lost friends, that you've lost entire uh, communities. Maybe how do you make it stay? "Quote unquote" conscious for yourself, but also for an organization when things get rough, when sales don't come in, when the money is not enough, when you lose friends. These are the tricky moments, and our brain is programmed to fall back into into fear mode and pull us back. So, how do you stay "quote unquote" conscious in these moments as a business, but also as an individual?
2: Yeah. So, as the as an individual, it's uh, it's it's easier because I really do. With all of who I am, I mean, I really 100% believe this is, you know, I'm this energetic being that is actually offspring of the creator of the whole universe, and there's nothing that could shake me from that. And so I, I can, you know, I'm good uh, on that individual level. As on a business level or organization level, as you mentioned, it's it's tough, very tough. Uh, I would share in the book there was a moment in humanities team back about five years where. We uh, you know we were out of money and and we'd run up a lot of debt uh, and I was out with one of my really good friends and uh putting odds on our ability to survive and I, I said, you know it's it's ten percent, really. you know, the odds just aren't here. Um, I mean, if I, I want to be truthful, you know, that's really where we are and so we were putting in place plans to give everybody as much money as we could to as they would uh, depart and then and then we did actually, we were uh, in er, in the early stages of this whole transformational education thing, and uh, and we really hit a big program that then just launched us to what we are today. Uh, but you know it was tough. Uh, I what 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 I what I did is just at that time was just again concentrate on what can we do for all these beautiful people that have come and helped us, and now they're going to be without jobs and. You just uh, come in and do your best. Your stomach's got knots in it. Uh, it's challenging. But, you know, these people are, are super high quality people. They've been here as your partners and you're going to do everything you can for them. And then and then, uh, you know, this uh, because I think we've been focusing like you, Peter, with your Conscious Business Institute on on really creating a better world. Uh, You know, you do have a wind at your back. So even with 10% odds, bam, you can all of a sudden, wow, what, you know, what wind was that that just blew into our sail that that took us to these new heights?
4: Yeah, cool. Maybe maybe one closing nugget of wisdom for those people who are maybe in that space for themselves or with their organization and are saying, you know, I'm not sure whether I'm daring to jump into the water because this might happen, that we are facing these kind of hardships. Any nugget of wisdom before we part?
2: Yeah just I know what the three of us know which is uh boy you know this really is this is the real treasure it's it's not the fool's gold it's the real gold it's the deliciousness in life when we go to when we go back to the non-physical realm after doing the things that we're doing here now in this moment when uh we're in this big pivot this big shift uh we're going to feel uh fantastic for whatever role we might play in this pivot or shift and then to, to to listeners i would just say uh just in in the fullness of conscious living i say this that that each of you you know are sons and daughters of the creator of the entire universe and in my belief you were actually sent you you decided to come here you you came here to be a leader in this shift in this in this whole uh pivot into a new way of living You wouldn't be here otherwise. And we're just right at the midpoint now is when we need to lean in. We need to stretch. We need to bring everything we've got. And uh, people are listening to this not by chance. You're you're listening to it because I believe you were supposed to play a huge role in this. And the only way we're going to be successful and achieve this tipping point anyway is where all of us are doing it together. That 6 or 8% of the global population leans into it. And uh, so I believe many of you will, and I believe we're going to be successful.
4: Yeah, thanks so much, Steve. It's it's time for us to pull together. If you're at a place in your life where you're considering this kind of work, uh, as a listener, I can just encourage you to uh, to buy the book, A New Universal Dream by Steve. Um, not just because it's a really amazing read. Um, it was deeply touching to me. But much more so that there are very few people who walk this path um and who can be lighthouse figures on our journey to this more conscious place that we're all seeking to go. And Steve is one of the people who has done it, and so maybe we can learn a little bit from each other and especially from Steve in this case. So thanks for taking the time, Steve, to write this book.
2: Thank you, Peter. Yes, yeah, at you, yeah. Peter. back at you, Kurt. Yeah, you all <laughs> are right there. We're brothers on this journey together. I, I love you. appreciate you. and. Uh, and you guys are, uh, we're summoning this mountain. We're all summoning it together. Thank you.
4: Yes, thanks so much. I'm passing it back to court.
1: Yeah, so thank you uh, so much, Peter and Steve. I mean, it's such a pleasure to have you uh, in this segment here on Voice America, and there's still more to come. So thanks so much. Yes, well, thanks again to Steve Farrell and Peter Matisse for that further commentary on a new universal dream especially in the context of its conscious business message. Now, we'll be back in just a moment for a concluding discussion for this program with Diane Williams, founder of the Source of Synergy Foundation and co-founder of the Evolutionary Leaders, and the Reverend Deborah Moldau, Executive Director of the Evolutionary Leaders. But let's remind ourselves once again more about the breadth of this inspiring message that's in Steve Farrell's book, A New Universal Dream, from this short message from the Light on Light Press.
5: Hello, my name is Karuna, media host for the Light on Light Press. We'd like to tell you about our new book by Steve Farrell, A New Universal Dream, my journey from Silicon Valley to a life and service to humanity with his foreword by Neil Donald Walsh, the celebrated author of The Conversations with God. A new universal dream is now available from booksellers all around the world. In this inspiring book on leadership and conscious living, Steve Farrell recounts how, from a pinnacle of Silicon Valley business success, he pivoted to lead Humanity's team, a global nonprofit, helping people everywhere awaken to our interconnectedness and shared purpose on this planet. In the book, he shares his five decade journey from the American dream to a life modeling personal well being and conscious leadership as co-founder with Neil Donald Walsh of Humanities Team, a global nonprofit organization focused on helping people awaken to their deeper selves through an awareness of the interconnectedness of everything. Today, Humanities Team has some 700,000 friends in over 150 countries, and their celebrated projects include Conscious Business Declaration, Conscious Business Change Agent Certification, the popular annual Global Oneness Day, and online programming of all kinds across the realm of transformational education. So contact your bookseller today about a new universal dream. This book will inspire your spirit as you comprehend the enormous potential and opportunity of applying its inspiration and information in your life.
1: Welcome back to the Convergence on Voice America, and this series, Humanity's Moment of Choice. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. In this concluding segment, Diane Williams and the Reverend Deborah Moldau, who we just introduced previously, will wrap up our discussion of a new universal dream, with particular emphasis on the importance of this book in the context of the diverse movements for change, that we mentioned up front in this broadcast, including the book Light on Light released in March, The Holo Movement, Embracing Our Collective Purpose to Unite Humanity, edited by Emanuel Kunzelman and Joe Robinson, and the book Light on Light released in April concerning the upshift movement, Irvin Laszlo's new book, The Survival Imperative, Upshifting to Conscious Evolution. And coming in the fall of 2023, The Great Upshift Toward Peace and Harmony on Earth, edited by Irvin Laszlo and David Lorimer. And along with these movements, of course, is the Change in Humanities Future initiative of Steve Farrell and Neil Donald Walsh's humanities team that we just told you about. And additional books from Light on Light as well, A New Story of Wholeness by Dr. Robert Atkinson. Global Unit of Healing by Dr. Elena Mustakova, and Science, Being, and Becoming by Dr. Paul J. Mills. Two of these have won the prestigious Nautilus Award, and you can find them all at lightonlight.us. That's lightonlight.us. So there's a lot happening in the world, and it's inspiring. And centering on that is how we're going to wrap up So let's go over now to Diane Williams and the Reverend Deborah Moldau. Full bios for both of them are at the Voice America show page. So I'm here with Diane Williams, founder of the Source of Synergy Foundation and co-founder of the Evolutionary Leaders and the Reverend Deborah Moldau, director of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. Now in the context of a new universal dream, and all the emergent global initiatives and movements that we've been speaking of, both of them have recently been a part of the Igniting the Holo Movement event held in Arizona in March, and helping ignite the emergence of what you can all see at holomovement.net. That's H-O-L-O Movement.net, And you can find out more about the evolutionary leaders at evolutionaryleaders.net, and the Source of Synergy Foundation at sourceofsynergy.org. And, of course, Steve Farrell was also there, not only in his individual capacity from Humanity's team, but also as one of the primary innovators of the Evolutionary Leaders' Conscious Business Synergy Circle, which has co-created such initiatives as the Conscious Business Summit and Conscious Business Magazine. Now to our listeners, if you thumb through all our past specials here at the Convergence on Voice America, you'll see past specials still available for your listening on all of these important themes, from conscious business to all kinds of world change initiatives and movements. Thousands of listeners have joined us for those programs, so take a look at the archive here at the Convergence show page where you just joined us for this program. We usually get about 500 browsers a month, so take advantage of that. So Deborah and Diane, in the context of Steve Farrell's A New Universal Dream and the evolutionary leaders, our moment of choice, evolutionary visions, and hope for the future, we have quite a plateful of themes and causes. So why don't each of you take a turn and in that context tell us First, what is really inspiring you today in this challenged but promising world? And secondly, what do you think are the priority challenges that we need to meet planet wide as a species and how these might be best addressed? And if love and caring come up a lot, none of us will be surprised. I know it's a big plateful, but that is also the nature of the work that both of you do. So, can each of you take a turn on that each for a few minutes? So, let's start with Diane.
6: Thank you so much, uh, Kurt, for inviting me as a representative of the Source of Synergy Foundation to be part of this important series. So, what is inspiring me is that people are coming together more and more in synergy to address the world's global challenges through various networks, movements, volunteering together through campaigns like the Climate Action Campaign that many young people are spearheading. And I think it's so impressive how they are engaging with such passion and commitment and look at how they made environmental protection a priority through their activism and community service. And they are inspiring us with their determination to challenge the status quo and do all that they can to shift all paradigms as all of our precious ecosystems and so that they could be protected and life as we know it on planet Earth can continue. So in terms of priority challenges, we need to meet planet-wide as a species and how these might be best addressed. I think Steve Farrell addresses a big challenge that many of us have faced or are currently facing in his inspiring book, A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to Life and Service to Humanity which is a crisis of meaning. And this is one of the biggest challenges humanity faces at this point in time, but it's also the biggest hope for our planet as these crises are often um, turning points, the wake up call that we need to step more fully into our life's mission. And let's take Steve's example. He co-founded two very successful companies in Silicon Valley and achieved financial and business success But he knew in his heart that something was missing and began to ask probably the most important questions anyone can ask and seek for answers, like, why am I here? What is truly possible to accomplish in life? Who am I in relationship to the rest of humanity and the earth? So individual and collective crises of meaning really give us the opportunity to get in touch with who we are what our values are, and how we wish to use our precious time and energy while on earth. And they also help us to reevaluate and plan our choices, actions, and direction more consciously in order to lead a life of greater meaning and purpose, and one that will make a contribution to the greater good. And this clarity of choice regarding our direction in terms of what next is one of the main ways we will begin to make real progress with our world's greatest social challenges. And in Steve's case, he knew in his heart and soul that he was part of a team that included the whole of humanity, humanities team, that would help people awaken to our oneness with everything in the universe. And humanity's team also focuses on another major crisis humanity is facing, and that's our human identity crisis. Steve knew he had to support people in understanding the truth of who we really are and our inherent capacities such as our imagination and creativity to make the changes we need to live in a more kind and thriving world and to make conscious living pervasive by living every day from a place of love, compassion and awareness. So humanity has reached its moment of choice. At this choice point is crucial that we ask ourselves and gain clarity on the most significant ways we can eat, make a contribution to the greater good, not only through our long-term hopes and dreams, but in every moment. And that could show up in how we treat a stranger, through our buying choices, through joining with others that share the same dream. There are so many ways that we can make an impact at humanity's moment of choice. So living a life of purpose, kindness and meaning is the greatest gift we can give ourselves, our community and our world at large right now. Thank you.
1: Now, Diane, well, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do at the Source of Synergy Foundation and with the Evolutionary Leader Circle. So Deborah.
7: Thank you, Kurt. And thank you, Diane, for those beautiful and inspiring words. Uh, One of the things inspiring me in today's world is Steve Farrell's work through Humanities Team, dedicating it to changing humanity's future through conscious community and transformational education, both of which are so sorely needed in our troubled times. Steve's new book, A Universal Dream, tells the inspiring story of how a businessman at the top of his game risked his success to follow the inner voice of his intuition, or you might call it his higher self, to pursue a different dream. And he harnessed all the skills he'd learned as a CEO to, first of all, introduce audiences around the world to Neil Donald Walsh's pioneer works in the Conversations with God series, Uh, teaching them to follow their own inner voice of the divine expressing within each person. And next, he built humanity's team into a platform for some of the most innovative teachers in the world, many of whom are part of our evolutionary leader circle, each one contributing a unique pathway to the next stage of human evolution. And We're very proud to have Steve Farrell among our community of evolutionary leaders because these times are calling every one of us to step up our game, to be in service to the greatest good. With Steve's journey serving as a shining example, the challenges we face today are global, so it's vital that we face them as one human family with all of our glorious diversity of cultures and gifts to share. The systems that we humans built to give us more abundance, more connection, and more opportunity have been miracles indeed. But now it's time to look beyond our personal needs and desires to those of our beautiful planet and all who share its bounty. This is indeed our moment of choice. We need to look with the eyes of love and follow our hearts in a spirit of generosity and compassion for all. Only then can we build together a great holo movement for a future of all humanity in a culture of peace that can be our loving legacy. And we can truly live a new universal dream. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks so much, Diane Williams and the Reverend Deborah Muldow, for helping us summarize and cap off this inspiring Voice America special based on Steve Farrell's important new book, A New Universal Dream. Well, thanks to all our guests and thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us for this special program. We'll be hosting eight more Voice America specials this year, and all of them on inspiring topics of global change. They'll include specials on the emerging holo movement, upshift and empowerment movements, which we just told you about earlier. And we'll also hold specials on World Unity Week, June 17th to 24th, and for the International Day of Yoga, June 21st. All these programs will be coming to you as posted in June and we will follow later in 2023 with special programs on the UFO and UAP debate and the fascinating global discoveries in the field of biomimicry, as in the current bestseller, Teeming. That's T-E-E-M-I-N-G. You can watch for these upcoming programs by following the Voice America page at lightonlight.us and the Facebook pages of both Light on Light Press and Light on Light magazine. Watch for similarly wonderful books by our partner press, sacredstories.com, and our videos, which are at Sacred Stories and Evolutionary Leaders YouTube channels. That's YouTube at the Sacred Stories and Evolutionary Leaders channels. And our special thanks to the Synergy Circles of the Evolutionary Leaders at evolutionaryleaders.net with whom we do so much synergetic work. So upcoming in June will be our specials on World Unity Week and the International Day of Yoga. In the meantime, pick up a copy of A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life and Service to Humanity by Steve Farrell. It's sure to inspire you. And in the meantime, best wishes and love from all of us.